What's cracking, lovely people? This is the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Thanks for downloading and welcome along. I'm your host as always, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist by trade. And this podcast focuses on nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences, and I've got over 100 episodes so far. We're supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products, and you can get 10% off by using Matt10 at checkout. Links in the bio. Everything's whole food based and natural there with those guys, so I hope you find something useful if you check them out. Today, I've got a returning guest, a chap called James Sinclair. I'll also link to the first conversation we had so you can get a bit more background there if you want to circle back after listening to this. Now, James is a performance nutritionist, a professional footballer, a foodie, a coffee lover. Um, He's based over in Sweden. So, mate, welcome back to the show. It's brilliant to have you along. No, thanks for having me back on again. I'm really looking forward to the chat. Yeah, so it's, it's been a year since we've had a conversation, mate. So you've moved house. Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is COVID. So it'll be interesting to hear how that's impacted the day job. And then, you're, you know, you're a fully qualified performance nutritionist now and working. And obviously, before we um, started recording, we were talking about recipes and seminars and things like that. So, yeah, it'd be brilliant to hear a little bit about yourself and then and then we can understand what's been going on since we last spoke. Yeah, so like the, the last podcast we had, um, my bags were literally packed. Uh, I think it was even the next day um, with my missus who was three months, four months pregnant. So we moved back to Sweden um, to just north of Kalmar. I was playing for a football club um, over there. Um, but with obviously the, the pandemic that's gone on with COVID, um, I think April was when I, I decided that you know it's the season didn't look like it was going to start. Um, you know, we were basically training like it wasn't the the guidelines that was kind of happening. So I decided uh, I'll take my uh, like in Sweden have like uh, Papa Lady, which is like the daddy days. So I thought it was like the perfect time to uh, actually enjoy the time with my the little boy Frank. Um, so at the moment, it's kind of like the football career is on hold for this season. Um, but on the positive, I get to spend like all the time with uh, the little one. So we moved back to her hometown just north of Gothenburg uh, two months ago. So now we're just like, resettling again for the second time since the last uh, conversation. So it's been a pretty hectic year. But um, no, it's one that's uh, obviously it's ups and downs, but it's been it's been pleasing. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. So obviously more time with the family. But, you know, mate, in terms of obviously the le- the lens has kind of been focused a bit on Sweden, you know, various countries looking at, um, you know, what, what's been going on there and things like that. And, um, you know, you guys have been OK, um, friends and family and things like that. Have, has anyone been impacted or, or like you said, is it is it kind of uh, there's been certain areas that are hit and you haven't you haven't seen too much or um you know was it was it uh, slightly worrying at one stage you know how have things been over the last few months with that yeah well um my missus uh, sister actually was like very like very very sick um just like stopped breathing a couple of times in the middle of the night like um but like they wouldn't test you know it was 99.9 percent sure she had it and a very bad case um and the contrast, I think, well, I never had been tested. I had maybe the little symptoms, which I still kind of feel that they're deciding things with the lungs. But um, I'm used to the main difference 
being that you know the population of Sweden is only 10 million, it's the same size as London, so it hasn't affected it as much. Um, and then with the lockdown in the UK, like, you know, visiting the family and friends and hearing what's going on there, like it's it's completely different here in Sweden. It's uh, you know it's just basically everything is going like a normal a normal day. So on that front, it's you know it's, it has been nice that you can actually have a bit of normality in life. Mm. Um, but obviously, with you know what's going on, it's uh, yeah, it's very tragic. It's so. Um, but yeah, with the impact of that, it's um, our football season had only just started, I think maybe a month ago, and it was not even sure they were going to have a season. So that's when uh, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously impacting a lot of sports clubs around uh, financially. Like some clubs can't, you know, pay the players because you just, obviously you get paid to play games, but if there's no games, you know, what's, you know, you don't have a leg to stand on. So it's, uh, mm. that's the that's the problem. It's been a bit of an uh, impact. So, uh, but no, other than that, it's it's yeah. I'm sure the UK listeners here will have seen that the open openness of the Swedish uh, handling of COVID. But uh, yeah, yeah, you don't know which until everything's all sorted out. You don't know who has done the right way and who's done the wrong way. So yeah, yeah probably. Can't really say too much more than that. No, you're exactly right. And it was just good to get your perspective because I know you're over there and, um, you know, we chat bits and bobs off the call and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be be good to kind of frame, you know, where you are and, and what you've been doing over the last few months. And then, mate, from the performance nutrition side, it's, it's brilliant. Obviously, everything's come on leaps and bounds since we spoke. So, you know, you, you finished the course. Um, I, I studied a version of it back in 2012 to give the listeners a bit of a context there. And, you know, obviously it's moved on. Um, and and now you you know you've, you you've established yourself as a as a practitioner and things. So you know how did the back end of the, of that go? And and then obviously getting registered, um, and and then moving into to obviously starting starting your 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 business on the side of, um, I know you're not playing at the moment, but you know what would have been uh, work, family, um, and 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 all that side of things, mate. Yeah, it's um. No, I've really enjoyed the, the course from the Institute of Performance Nutrition there. Um, it was, I had the interest in nutrition before that, but like every single case study over the year, like I just found myself diving down the uh, the research that, you know, every, we had a few uh, examples where, you know, I've been playing football my whole life, but, you know, I predominantly focused on football for the nutrition side of things, so if used a few sports that we're very unfamiliar with which obviously broadened my uh, skill set my knowledge base of these sports and you know how to feel properly for them uh, so from a practical perspective I think that's uh, you know it's a, it's a thing you can't really uh, you know, it's the best thing you can take away from the course there um, mm. and then with the the center as well it's um the course has been approved by that. Uh, so being accredited with this, it's, you know, I think legally it means you can work with UK government athletes, you know, so you're lottery funded uh, Olympians and things. But it's, um, it's really just about setting the standard, you know, protecting the the athletes who who's under the nutritionist, you know, so there's a level of uh, competency that you have to um, be able to present to the athlete. Um at all times that you're educating them, like the knowledge going through a, 
a scientific evidence informed practice um, rather than just your you know, nutrition from the internet that you hear here and there. So it's, uh, I think it's, it'd be a good thing for my professional practice having the, the accreditation there with Senna. Um, so yeah, with the, with the business, it's, uh, you know, just starting off with, um, probably not the best time to, you know, start a business with, a now he's a seven and a half month old, uh, little baby running around, well, not well, soon running around the house. Um, but it's one that's what you never have a, the right time. You just have to kind of, you know, just put it down and, and just go. That's what uh, I decided to go with for the, for the, uh, for the practice. So uh, it's, yeah, it's just establishing myself, um, just experience really, just working with other athletes with the sports that I'm not familiar with, um, just basically getting like the, skin in the game as they say yeah and so what i'm hearing is obviously from from the studying side of things like you said you you learn more about the research obviously you're passionate about understanding evidence base and we know it's always changing so you can kind of hang your hat on some things sometimes and then you know we read something completely different and you know it's brilliant we're always learning but i think the piece about reading and learning about different sports and different case studies I think that's brilliant because obviously we do gravitate towards what we're interested in the most and then also you know your experiences with football I assume you know it'd be good to unpick it in a bit but you know you want to work in nutrition for football as well and I think I've had some of the performance nutritionists on young guys you know practitioners that have been going for a few years and they've all said you know they've, they've got stuck into various sports they've taken opportunities where they can and obviously it's just it's just a learning process but ultimately you're in you're in that performance environment you're you're talking about fuel for the work required regardless of the sport like you said there um and and you're just rounding yourself as a as a as a practitioner straight off the bat so i think it's brilliant and you know that's one of the reasons why i got you on because it, it is quite a fresh conversation you've obviously just finished and established things and i get I get messages and, and, and people contacting me at least two or three times a month now, maybe because obviously there's there's a break or there's new grads coming through, all this kind of stuff, and people asking, you know, how did you get into sports nutrition initially? Um, and, and, you know, I only dip my toe in it now, whereas obviously you're you're looking to, to to work in it quite heavily. So, mate, it's just brilliant to have you on and have honest conversations about, about the process, really. No, thanks. I think, yeah, with... Um... It's kind of given me a bit of a, a leg up that it's uh, like all the clubs that I played on have, um, like you know, there's all oh, this this research journal is out with this uh, a, a newly say graduated sports professional coming to a club and then it's going to give out this information out to some of the players. But I think from playing in 15 years, I know that things that will and won't work. So I kind of have that as a, a positive. Um, and like that step above other people, um, it's, it's, it's more of a buy and I feel that I have, um, you can relate to me more, kind of, because of um, yeah the playing background, yeah, you know, so if I'd say working as a, with an ultra-endurance athlete who's doing like the more 240 mile, but I've never ran more than two miles, you know, why would they listen to any nutritional advice I've given that, that you know, so it's... Um, yeah, I think it's it would be nice to stay working the football like that. Um, but at the same time, it's if you like stay in there, you don't want to get comfortable on the same sport. It's kind of uh, like I might really 
you know, work with a few, uh, like say Ironman triathletes, then find oh, this is uh, something really that's sparked my interest. It's it's uh, it's new. It's you know they they're going to utilize more of the information more, I think, than um, maybe some of the footballers might. You know, because if at the end of the day, if, if someone's making millions, you know, they're not really that bothered about the tiniest bit of nutritional advice. Whereas someone doing an ultra marathon, you know, it's going to make or break their mm. their race. So, um, but yeah, no. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, you're so right about about saying, um, especially from the endurance side, it's it's extremely fulfilling working in that. I work in that kind of space part time, and for some people, you know, it's obviously not a quick fix, especially this time of year when races and things, and even just amateurs, people that do this for fun, they're not necessarily competing. You know, they're looking at kind of next year now when they're going to start doing their their longer or their you know, most important race, a race, whatever you want to call it. So you, you've got you've got some good months. You've got this preparation phase. You've you've got this competition phase, and it's it's brilliant. You can you can bring so many different tools out of the toolbox, and and like you said, obviously you've got that experience, the skin in the game of being a professional footballer, and maybe being able to relate to those players. But I think, you know, you'll 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 find obviously when when you start to work with some of these people, you know, you're performance orientated, you're competitive. Um, and you know you're very relatable as well because like you said you've probably gone through a myriad of of uh, recommendations that you've been given you know over the years or you found have worked well for you and because you're an experienced guy and you've obviously tried to try to stay at a, an extremely good level and be injury free you know you've learned a lot of stuff that other practitioners you know will only read about really mate so I think it's uh, yeah you're, you're you're really you're really well positioned there um yeah so I think yeah, I think I'm just on that. It's quite funny that most of the clubs I've been at, um, even the last few years, that I kind of become more best friends with the strength engineer and, and like the nutritionist than like some of the players I played with, which is uh, quite funny because I like to pick their brain. With um, I think they'd be oh, it's, they're just more relatable with them because it's something that's like very passionate about. So uh, yeah, just thought about just bring that up. Definitely, mate. Definitely, and. You know, we're obviously very similar. We connected initially over Instagram because we're both foodies and things. And, um, you know, the other day, obviously, you were giving me recommendations on it's not everyone's cup of tea, but the uh, the pickled fish and, yeah. all, and all that kind of stuff. Mate, that's that that stuff for me is, is I haven't got it on the level of the Scandinavians yet, but it is, you know, it's it's brilliant. And obviously, before we started recording, we were catching up and, and you were talking a bit about putting more recipes out there let, letting letting the kind of um you know the social media side get get into your kitchen a bit more it'd be brilliant to hear a bit about that mate and um you know how, how you've kind of cultivated obviously fueling and cooking and, and and doing that for yourself and then obviously now turning it around and hopefully creating content for people to to benefit from really and follow yeah it's like um like say like pretty much made 99.9% of all my meals so it's like I've got the social media there it's like you know now looking back and kind of wish I just filmed or took some pictures and just some notes of all the the dishes that I've made and then I would have had well uh, a lot of content there um, so I think it's yeah just basically trying to get uh, a few more like recipes you know from scratch there's a few ideas I've been playing with um you take on maybe a weekly thing you can maybe be more interactive with uh, on social media you know maybe ask if, you know, if someone wants to, to see say a 
recipe or recipe B, and then I can maybe make something like that. Um, and even with the, the little one as well, just trying to get him involved into the kitchen, and it would be uh, just something fun and different for like, the viewership as well. Um, and if there's any other uh, like father uh, stay-at-home dads as well, it's uh, like a little market there that you know a few recipes, one pot, one pot dinners. They uh, utilize the instant pot where you've got to make a, a big batch of food because you don't know when the the little one's going to be. Uh, calm again for the next few hours so um yeah that's what i'm in the back the back burner for uh and we were putting out i think for the next next month or so whilst i'm uh, staying at home with him mm. i mean i think that's where the rub is because you know mo- majority of parents it goes without saying you know regardless of an evidence base being there in nutrition and health you have you have to feed your children and yeah. there's got to be, you know, there's got to be something on the table. And I think as he grows and obviously expends more energy and, you know, starts to move more and all that kind of stuff, you know, you're 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 an athlete, you're you're a family man, you're obviously feeding him. So I think I think that's brilliant because it, it just brings it back to everyday life. And obviously some of these things you can then highlight about the nutritional density of certain ingredients or how, like you said, to make one pot wonders and things like that. And it's uh it just makes everything clear and, and people can start to kind of organize themselves around there too. So, and this, I mean, it's definitely something I'd follow, especially if, we, you know, if we're lucky enough to have children in the next few years as well, it will completely flip my, you know, nutrition environment on its head because I've just obviously been so used to, or am so used to having time to, to create things for myself and sit around and plan and there's less moving parts and things. So, yeah, you've obviously got that performance nutrition side of athletes and, and everyday athletes and then, you know, potentially with, with just a- active people with young families as well. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, um, no, I think, yeah, definitely it's like, I just thought it's, um, obviously with being my fiancé as well the same, that she's like a, a big foodie as well, so I think with little uh, Frank, he's just sees both in the kitchen all the time, and he seems to have some well, bit of interest as well. So it'd be it's good just to slowly educate him, you know, get him learning about food, you know, like you know what nutrition nutrients he can use, um, you know, what's good to have and a good time to have foods for him, um, and just basically develop his curiosity and things. Um, and it's good that you know both of us. Like that, so it's you know, it's good family time for the three of us. Mm. I mean, when you started lifting the lid, if we I know we discussed it a bit in the first show, but I think if we've got some new listeners, you know, obviously, you, you, you had the passion and you wanted to obviously prolong your career and continue to perform well, so you know, studying nutrition helped there. You know, you obviously want in the future or now and, and, and moving forward to obviously work as a practitioner and, and support different people and potentially clubs and things moving forward. When you did lift lift the lid on a few things, and obviously you, you started having um, so much information sent over, and you had some fantastic guest lecturers and things at a click of a button, you know what what was some of the kind of um, you know eye opening moments, or I don't know what was a lecture or something that really stood out and made you think, wow, you know this 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 is definitely where I want to be, or or I didn't expect that. And if I kind of give my example i think it was second year of my undergrad and, and i started to learn a bit more about 
the kind of carbohydrate periodization and not eating before training or eating, you know, things like that. And just learning about what happens to the body, the muscles, the liver, you know, that, that basically made me want to get into nutrition and it's kind of where I am today. So it'd be brilliant maybe for a few minutes for the listeners to understand, you know, some, some of those sides of, of the course. And obviously now you're further learning that, that you've, you know, that you've uncovered and, and you found really interesting that you might have not expected. Well, like, well, well you just stole what I was going to say there for the um, <laughs> periodization um, carbohydrates. But, so for, I found all the lectures from um, James Morton just, like, back to keep on listening to him. Like, it's just, um, just the way he presents information. It's so, so complex, but just uh, presents so it's, it's so easy for him. Um it's basically yeah, the same thing you're saying there that you know if you're uh, you know looking for the training that adaptations, um, you know refraining or going in with uh, a low glycogen state, you know uh, train low, um, and then you can turn on like your your PGC one alpha, which basically you're trying to do if you're looking for training adaptations there. But at the flip side, you know. You, don't want to be doing that all the time, and that this is where I find that, like a lot of the players, that maybe they look at you know they see something on the internet or so, or they haven't really got the the knowledge about it. You know, they think, oh, you know, I'm on a low carb diet, I'm going to be training here, but you know, basically it's shooting themselves in the foot because come game day, um, they've been on a slow carb diet for you know the whole week, and then basically they're just tanking their glycogen stores so they go into the game and they're just depleted and then they wonder why you know they can't can't fuel fuel themselves um and just basically with that just the whole i think just for the the thing you would hear with you know the carbohydrates that it's you go down the route yeah everyone's kind of fearing fearing it and now just the lectures i've watched there it's like you know i was trying to keep the analogy behind it's like you know carbs are king it's Especially with football, with being a, a glycolytic sport, it's uh, you know they, they have to use um, the glycogen um, and carbohydrates for come uh, the training or game day. Um, but one of those lectures from James Watton was there. This when he came to Liverpool for the first time, he was just uh, watching the, the intensity of their training sessions. He's like, well, these guys aren't um, you know, expelling that much intensity. They're not. I think it's like 60 or 70 percent under the like the VO2 that they're actually competing at in their training sessions, but they're all sipping on these carbohydrate-based drinks. And he says also like a few like you know, a few pounds overweight. So what he's basically done, which kind of I think most clubs maybe started doing now, they just took away all the carbohydrates from the uh, the training sessions, but only introduced them in um, I think it was on. Like the, the hard days on a Tuesday or a Friday to um, basically prepare for like the, the game day minus one. Uh, but something that just like stood out to me a lot that you know you basically always were told for carbohydrates, you know, for training. But if it's a, a very low intensity, it's not really needed for for those uh, training sessions. Mm. Brilliant point, brilliant point, mate. And I think. Just to just to kind of uh, put a flip side um, to the conversation as well, I'm I'm actually working with a chap at the moment, and um, if if people are obviously trying to maintain weight and or gain weight, 
and they're training a lot, especially during lockdown. People, some people that I work with obviously have the time to, to really increase their training volume, especially if they're in sport and they know they're not going back to it until next year. Um, I was actually putting a few things together earlier and just, just making him aware of that kind of pre, during and post where um, he can actually sip on something to obviously keep energy levels up and just to add more calories. So I think if yeah. you're listening to this, it's that where's your training um, volume at the moment? What are you trying to get out of it? And obviously, if you are training a lot um, and, and obviously you're, you're, you're either losing weight unintentionally and you feel like you're eating like a horse all the time and you can't really get that much more in there that you know there's that space around the training session you know that hour before during an hour after i know it sounds simple but not a lot of people utilize it um properly you know especially if they if they are trying to maintain or 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 gain the weight even if you're taking in little bits and often and then like you said on the other side reflect on actually you know are you potentially over fueling and over recovering um, and, and increasing the total amount in the day um, from from your kind of, you know, training and workout nutrition when you might not necessarily need to be. And you can just use your use your body fat and, you know, hydrate well with water and, and sleep well and, and then go from there. So, you know, there's so many strands that we can go down in this little part of someone's day around 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 training and nutrition, especially if they're doing it for a living. Um, and it is, it's, it is, it is brilliant. You know, it's, it's a brilliant topic to bring up and, and, and James and co-authored a, a fantastic paper and it's, it is on that kind of fuel for the work required. So I'll put that in the link in the bio and there's a brilliant, there's a brilliant table in there. Just, just like you were describing there, showing the low, medium and high days of a professional cyclist. So obviously if that's not your sport, you're listening to this, then, you know, you can just look at it and, and, and just use it as a bit of a kind of, um, example really and then obviously you can start to build in and and look at your own training and go from there um and that and you know that's where people like people like us come in mate you know we obviously in the process of the consultations get to know the person their training their health where their nutrition is at the moment where they want to go um and you know that's the thing about bringing someone in getting that one-to-one support and toing and froing you know we're, we're we're really starting to understand the person look at what they're up to and then you know help them move forward and bring tools out of the toolbox that are appropriate and then keep others back for later on or just because they are there you know doesn't mean we have to necessarily use them at the time so um no i think that's a brilliant point thanks for bringing all that up yeah no exactly you said there it's like sometimes one of the best tools or skills you have is you know not doing anything or not utilizing something then because if you're going to use it straight away, you're basically, you know, shooting the, the, the client's itself in the foot, you know, because you can use that to say, if it is like a, a body composition and it's a, say a person who's looking for weight loss, you know, you don't have to throw everything all at once. You just want to gradually use a few of your tools there and then you can come to something that's got a few sticking points. Um, you can try something new that will help get him out of a... Um, a bit of a plateau for his uh, weight loss strategy mm. um but yeah but definitely with the tools it's uh you know just because you have something you know should you really use it all the time that's what you know you can always have to think about um and then like you said the, the context of the situation of you know the individual athletes you know the tool that you're going to be using um so it's yeah it's one of those because it's nutrition a lot of people think it's very simple um easy you know it's calories in calories out but 
from the course, um, you know, now I've just realised it's you know the the whole metabolism, um, like how contrast. You know, it's just it, yeah, it's all the time they're always learning. It's uh, it's just not the easiest of um, things that people believe believe that it is. Mm. Yeah, you can't pin it down. And, and, no. and, you know, I think being reductionist at times, you know, helps reduce decision fatigue. But then long term, like you said, it's learning about a bit a bit more about how how things work, you know, on the metabolic level, on the fueling level and then how your body's adjusting. So, mate, definitely. And, and you know, it's, it's good to kind of that's why the, the podcast and and having this format to tease things out is brilliant because obviously the longer form conversations, there aren't just these quick sound bites and it's not just black and white. Um, and mate, I think it'd be cool to know, especially with, with you out there at the moment and, and the summer and things like that. And obviously, you know, we're, we're both quite foodie. Um, back back here at the moment, I'm definitely trying to include a lot a lot more berries and things, you know, really making the point now that I'm trying to get them fresh um, and, you know, washing a load and trying to consume them, especially as snacks and in my breakfasts and things like that. What, what have you kind of incorporated that are you know, everyday foods, as if you can call them that, um, that, that obviously have, have a lot of nutrient density that, you know, you tend to consume a lot more in the summer. So for people listening, they can kind of, you know, t- take a few uh, things home from, you know, the food first uh, conversation. Yeah, so whilst the, before the podcast here, um, I just bought a, a nice watermelon the other day. Uh, I think I developed the whole thing just before the podcast now. So that's one thing I've just been utilizing whilst it's, you know, fresh in the summer. Uh, strawberries as well. Um, I think I was having a, a chat with you before the podcast uh, about the, oh, no, someone else about uh, the lingon berry in Sweden, which is like high in natural creatine. Um, they have that with everything. Um, what was that again, mate? Sorry. A lingon berry. I'm not sure it'll be in, if that's the English name or the Swedish name. Um, oh, cool. It's uh, like high in creatine there, um, but more just there. It's just like yeah, the strawberries they have in fruit. Uh, they got the cloudberry, I think, is the English huge piana, a huge piana. So it's like, um, and then they have like raspberries around. Um, so that's what I'm going to do after the podcast here because it's sunny. I'm going to maybe take the little one out and then see if I can pick a few raspberries on the walk, um, and then actually wash them and actually put them with a bit of a nice uh, quark and have that so have the nice antioxidants there and some fresh fruit with my um my yogurt brilliant brilliant oh man that sounds fantastic oh no it's so good to kind of catch up and, and hear about how you've you know you've obviously grown as a practitioner since we've last spoken and what's been going over your way especially in the last few months and stuff and um yeah people that are new to yourself mate how can how can people stay in touch um, what have we got look, look, you know, to look forward to? Like you said, you're going to be doing more on your Instagram. Uh, let people know. Yeah, so I've um, been more active now than on Twitter, but both have the same handle. It's jsinclair1987. Um, just got my website up uh, in the last two months ago, and that's jamessinclairnutrition.com. Um, so yes, if they just look at those uh, three social media platforms there um like i said a bit more active on instagram i'll be using more like infographic type things and actually enjoying a bit of um creating the content there from some of the research i've been reading and just like be able to translate it to my own 
Dawn Woods, uh, for the the viewers there, um, creating a bit more video-based food as well, and then just basically just more of a behind-the-scenes of uh, just myself and things, and then that's what um, the plans are for moving forward. Brilliant. Oh, man, it's fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. And if you haven't listened to our first conversation, lovely people, it's actually... It's actually one of the, the most popular shows I've ever recorded. And, and we just obviously, it was the first time we'd really had a long form conversation, mate, wasn't it? So we discussed, obviously, uh, your your professional football, how you got into nutrition. Um, so that, so there's more there, lovely people. And, and it's just great to, to get some of your time again, mate. And, you know, I follow, obviously follow what you do every day online. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's great to use this podcast to shout about, you know, committed practitioners, passionate people, um and uh yeah no it's um it's 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 awesome mate so i'll leave you to to go and pick the berries and and have a nice walk and um yeah it's it's just been an awesome to chew the fat no uh, thanks again for having me on you know really enjoyed it um yeah but as i said before we go um looking forward to the, the jimmy oliver new seven ways book that come out i said i'll, I'll put the name out there <laughs> in the podcast so, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah God, well, mate, there's, a, there's a bit of a hubbub at the moment because obviously over over here I, I don't know what's what goes on obviously in Sweden but they've um, you know they've released a bit of a strategy around obesity and um, things moving forward that the UK government have so um, yeah Jamie Oliver's stuck in and obviously trying to push push a lot of that to kind of half half at least childhood obesity obesity by 2030 so i know he's got another book coming out but um yeah that that's kind of front and center at the moment so yeah there's there's a lot of things going on over here especially with advertising and labeling and i think there's going to be some calories and things going on to restaurant menus and stuff so there's there's a lot of moving parts over there um yeah actually maybe, maybe we touched on that what's you know what what are, are public health messages and health messages are, are, are they quite clear where you are um, is it is it something that you know the the everyday person is 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 quite aware of? I know you're obviously in a bit of a different environment because you're in a professional setup, but you know what what are your experiences of of you know if I can use the term you know broad spectrum public health out 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 there? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's well, they've got the the two meter you know off standards like take you know keep distance, but yeah, that's pretty much about it really. <laughs> Yeah, and then in terms yeah. of like foods and health messages and things like that, is it do people just have their own, you know, they they, they do their own thing across the board, or or do public health messages come out a lot about, you know, just general health and nutrition and things like that? Is it is it very different over there? I'm not never really actually noticed. I think it is a very active country. Um, yeah, I haven't really actually. It's nothing that really stands out. I've actually, oh yeah, I've seen this on put on there um so yeah i can't really say much i'm actually looking now when i'm out and about really so yeah i'm not too uh, not too sure on that one actually oh no worries mate no it's always interesting to see what different countries and things are doing it's something i can also look up and i can leave in the show notes if people are interested but no mate brilliant i'll um yeah ne- next time next time we have a chat maybe we can re- review a few of uh, our favorite recipe books or something like that but um like i said before it's it's great to have you on and definitely keep following um james lovely people and what he's up to online and i hope you're all well listening to this thanks for listening as always and have a fantastic week